0: You are listening to Sparking Wholeness with Erin Carey, where we talk about all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hey everybody, it's Erin Carey and welcome back to Sparking Wholeness. Today I'm going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to be doing another short solo episode. Now for episode 200, I did an Ask Me Anything episode. And for this particular episode, I really want to break down the concept of nourishment. I want to introduce to you my nourishment journal, and I want to talk about why it is so essential to have a holistic perspective of health. This episode is special for me because I am coming out of a season of what I would probably consider to be survival mode. Last year, Close to a year ago, I experienced some re-emerging symptoms of trauma. Things, experiences that I did not realize were trauma at the time, but absolutely made an impact or made an imprint, I should say, on my nervous system and have impacted my core beliefs, have impacted how I show up in relationships, particularly in relationship with my husband. And it really sent me on a tailspin and it was really really difficult. For the past five months or so I've been in a good stable place but I so quickly like many of you listening I'm sure I want to brush aside discomfort and steamroll ahead and that's what I did and I finished up my functional medicine training as quickly as I could because of course why not (laughs) I signed a two book deal with Tyndale Publishing which is huge and is it's living out a dream that I've had for a very very long time since I was a little girl I've always wanted to be a writer and even having this podcast was a way for me to express and communicate what is going on and ultimately I wanted it to end up in writing and books and things like that but that happened this month. And then school started for my kids and I am still taking on new coaching clients and seeing former coaching clients and I'm teaching and I'm speaking and it has just been a lot. So I have very quickly resorted to things like drinking more smoothies to get by or long periods of not eating because I've been so stressed and I haven't really been thinking about eating instead of asking myself, what do I need for nourishment? So nourishment goes far beyond food. And we're going to talk about that nourishment goes into really how we show up in this world to be a whole being. But I do want to talk about why we even care about living a holistic life. And what does that even mean? So if you're like me, many of us have lived our lives on autopilot with a compartmentalization mentality. We do this for a lot of reasons and I do believe that it's protective. Society conditions us, first of all, to push through no matter what, right? And then sometimes your family culture promotes an achievement mentality of a going and a doing and an achievement mode. As females, often we live on autopilot because historically we've been told that, you know, our symptoms, being a female is problematic. Our emotions are too big. We might be operating out of fear. We might be doing everything in a reaction to a fear of, you know, maybe not being good enough or maybe not being able to achieve the way we want to or being whatever it is that we want to be in this life. Or maybe we fear being alone. Maybe we fear not being understood. Maybe we fear. that we are just too much or not enough right or both because that happens as well we compartmentalize because of trauma whether it's sexual or physical or emotional we compartmentalize because it's just how we make it through and like I said at the beginning sometimes it's easier just to suppress the unpleasant symptoms and steamroll ahead. No matter how much counseling we've been through and how much healing we've done, we have these old standbys that keep us pushing through when life gets hard. It's how we've been programmed and it's how we've made it by. Here's the problem with that. When the body is disconnected from the brain, unpleasant symptoms can occur. We were created to be interconnected beings, working with our whole self fluidly to stay balanced. And survival mode absolutely is helpful in short term, but long term, habitually, it causes problems. And here's just a quick example from my own life. A few weeks ago, when I was finishing up my last exam with the functional medicine program that I'm in, and I was waiting to sign the papers for the book contract, and then I had some other things that were due, another article that I was writing, and four different speaking engagements to prep for, I noticed that I started functioning on autopilot. And, you know, if honestly, if it wasn't for this last year and the trauma that I've been through and learning to support my nervous system in a new way, even though I've known these things as head knowledge and I've talked about them on the podcast for many, many years, living them out is different, right? And so what happened to me is I compartmentalized and I disconnected, not just from myself and my own symptoms, but I was disconnecting from the people around me. Even my husband, Richard, who he's a counselor. He's been on the show before. He's very intuitive. He noticed that I had kind of put up a block to him. And I finally realized that I do that because my go-to mode is I am the only one who can get things done the way I want them to get done. I am alone. I have to do it myself because nobody else is going to do it for me. And so I'm going to power through and I'm going to cut everybody out on the way. And that's not helpful. It left me with poor sleep, with just feeling completely, almost in a dissociated state of not being able to be aware of what was going on around me. I wasn't taking part in some of my usual self-nourishing activities, such as yoga, such as, you know, taking walks outside, which is very healing for me. And even things like just laying down and breathing or taking bath, things that we know can be helpful and regulating to the nervous system. I kind of shut all those out because I had too much to do and I was powering through. A crash came. Like, like it would. I One day, I, I remember sitting down and going, oh my goodness, I am starving and I am exhausted because I hadn't allowed myself to feel any of those feelings or to take part in any of those signals. So our response to stress, and I've talked about this before, but our response to stress really does start at the brain level, how the brain is perceiving the world around us. I often share when I'm speaking with people, that the nervous system was the first thing to develop in utero. So your perception of the world around you is very, very important in how your physical body receives signals to carry that response throughout your body. And so when those two things are not connected, your perception of the world and what symptoms your body is expressing to you and how you are paying attention and moving forward, if those things are not connected, we miss out on how to support our body we experience more uncomfortable unpleasant symptoms your body is always sending you alerts when when you want to pay attention to it another reason that it's so important to connect with our bodies is because the the body and the brain they are connected in fact i was just reading the other day proverbs 17 i love this a cheerful heart is good medicine but a crushed spirit dries up the bones your perception of the world can be healing it can be good medicine or it can be toxic. So even when we don't think we're stressed and we're going, oh, I'm grateful, I'm grateful, no, life is good and I'm fine, I'm fine. If you're still operating in that in that state, sometimes your body is the one that is sending the alert, right? Your body is stressed because you're doing too much, you're exhausted, you're not sleeping well, you're not eating nourishing food that you know fuels your neurotransmitters. That causes a disconnect and that can be completely toxic to the body and the brain. So we know this through ancient biblical truths. We know this with modern scientific advancements. Every cell in your body is getting signals from your thoughts and your cells respond according to the thoughts that you are sending to your body. So our thoughts are huge, but also paying attention to our body's symptoms are huge because they need to be in balance. So when you choose to focus on nourishment and connecting the whole body, you invite an opportunity to see the world through a lens of wholeness. This lens of wholeness brings healing to others as well. And if we're even going, okay, but why? Why does this matter? Who cares about this? What does it matter? I'm just going to keep going through my life without thinking about this. Well, I heard an interesting quote the other day, and I'm trying to remember the exact way that it was phrased because I don't have this written written down and I'm going off script. But it was, we can't help others if we're hurting inside. If we are compartmentalized, how can we show up for other people? And no, it's not about us. It's about us being able to live our purpose. But I do believe that we were designed for wholeness, that we were designed for our whole being, mind, body, soul, to be connected in order to show up the best way that we can for other people, for our purpose, our God-given purpose in this world. And we have one body to do that in. And so I'll ask you a question. This comes from my nourishment journal. And so I'm going to start off with this because this is the first part of my of my nourishment journal that I will talk about. That's in the show notes as well. But have you ever thought about what truly nourishes you? And I'm not talking about what a nutritionist, somebody like me, a doctor or an influencer says is supposed to nourish you. I'm talking about your body. And when I'm talking about your body, I'm talking about your unique, limited edition, one issue only vessel that you've been gifted to live out your God-given purpose on this sometimes zigzaggy journey of life. That is how I define your body. Have you ever pressed pause to even think about what fills you with warmth or comfort? What lights up your soul? What helps take care of you the way that you take care of maybe your children or a friend or a spouse or anybody else you're a caretaker of? What does that for you? And it could be related to food. So with nourishment, a lot of times we do think about starting with food. It could be a cozy last minute meal with good friends who are like family. It could be a perfect cup, I'm drinking right now, of dark roast coffee at the just right temp before it gets cold, right? Or a charcuterie board with a setup that defies the breadth of your imagination with all of the colors and the designs and the everything right? It could be activities that nourish you. Maybe it's seeing a movie that you've been waiting for on its opening night. If you're a movie kind of person, maybe it's hiking in a beautiful wooded area you've never ventured to before. Maybe it's having a game night with your favorite people or one of my favorite things. Maybe it's cracking open a freshly purchased book, pages filled with the scent of new worlds and anticipation. I love that feeling. That is cozy to me. That fills me with warmth. Maybe you are nourished by specific people. The friend that you used to live near who you still call for a good laugh cry fest, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's a family member who just gets you, or a new friend who is in your exact season of life and doesn't think you're weird for all the things that you're saying that are outside the box. I love people like that. I do believe our primary source of nourishment comes from an often neglected but very vital aspect of our lives, and that is our spiritual nourishment. We receive spiritual nutrition through so many sources, through music, through nature, through times of quiet, through prayer, through scripture reading, through journaling, mindfully moving our bodies, and even being with other like-minded friends or family. That can be spiritual sources of nourishment. And there are endless sources of nourishment in so many ways that can spark wholeness in your life. But to be able to figure out what those are and how to include them in your daily life, especially during a stressful season. And we are about to enter some stressful seasons. That, the holiday seasons are always a little bit chaotic. That takes a lot of connection. It takes a lot of awareness. I actually did not ask myself what nourishes me. I've always been on autopilot for as long as I can remember until after the birth of my third baby, baby Rhett. His first year was so difficult. I've talked about it before, but he had health issues. He was hospitalized for RSV. He had so many breathing scares. At that point, I was a work at home mom for the first time in 12 years of motherhood. And I felt like I had lost my purpose. I was doing everything for everybody else, but I didn't think I was doing one thing well. This is a theme in my life. I was completely drained. My husband and I had one of the biggest arguments of our marriage during the season and many times I felt like I was on a roller coaster cart with one set of wheels that was constantly slipping off the track and leaving me tilted sideways, sideways and riding the ups and downs without any control. So we've all been through seasons like that. Maybe you feel like your whole life is like that. Maybe right now you feel stuck in your journey. You don't know how to feel better. Maybe you've tried all the things and you've done all the diet plans and you've taken out gluten and dairy and all these things that we talk about. Maybe you're battling new health issues or you're still suffering from old ones that you thought that you would have figured out by now. Maybe you feel like your body or brain is against you. So this is where I just want to briefly touch on five pillars of nourishment and ways to get back into your body to connect with your purpose in order to show up in a whole way wholeness that is that is a goal that is the restoration of how things should be that's how things were in the very beginning in the garden right so okay five pillars of nourishment number one connect Are you connected with your feelings? It's one thing to be an emotional person. I've always felt like a person of big emotions. I have all sorts of feelings, but I don't really tend to identify my feelings. I like to explain my feelings. I like to understand my feelings, intellectualize my feelings, but emotions are really good information. Just sitting with one emotion can be super helpful. You've probably heard the popular phrase, Feelings aren't facts, right? And okay, maybe it's true. And often that phrase is used to try to snap someone out of their feelings. But taking note of our feelings, whether they're facts or not, is a great way to connect with what our body is telling us. And and it's good information that we might need to tune in more. So in my nourishment journal, I have an alphabetical list of, oh, I can't remember how many feelings this is. It's two pages worth of feelings to connect with. And a good pillar of nourishment to start with is in the morning, when you wake up, just ask yourself, what is my dominant feeling this morning? If you're like me and you're a little neurodivergent, then you maybe wake up with a whole bunch of thoughts at one time and you don't know. It's like, it's like playing um, whack-a-mole almost like, ooh, which one am I going with today? But really tune in, take a deep breath in through your nose and breathe out. And what am I feeling? Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed from the get-go. I think that's a pretty dominant feeling for a lot of people. Maybe you're feeling just sad and it's okay to be sad. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're hopeful. There's so many, but just to really be able to connect with a feeling and sit in that and go, okay, all right, I'm frustrated today. I'm not quite sure why I'm frustrated, but I feel frustrated. So I'm going to use that feeling of frustration to help me to partner with my body and to maybe be a little bit more gentle with myself today. Maybe there's a way that I can adjust. So that's the first pillar. It's just to connect. Number two is eating hygiene. I've talked about this on the show before, but digestion starts in the brain and you know it. A body in stress won't digest. So that's why this is really, really important. This is number two, evaluate your eating environment. When you choose to have a meal, are you sitting down or are you rushing? Are you eating in the car? Are you eating on the go? During my last season of stress, I did a lot of, you all know, this is so embarrassing. I ate a lot of perfect bars, like as a meal, like I would just eat a bar because I could get more work done because I could study and I wasn't actually tuning into my body at all during that time. And it didn't make me feel good imagine that right so the only thing that you can control in your eating environment with digestion is how much you chew the rest of it is left up to the mercy of your digestive system and the state of stress that you're under so taking time to chew food chew more chew things until it's liquid so it gets broken down so that you can digest your food without having uncomfortable symptoms afterwards pay attention to your stress levels while you're eating before you start eating pray a prayer of gratitude Gratitude helps to activate salivary enzymes that breaks our food down. So thank you, God, for giving me this food, whether it's a perfect bar or a smoothie or but just take that time to acknowledge and even to tell your body, hey, body, here we go. We are going to eat. We're going to digest this and it's going to be good. Body and stress won't digest. So take the time to partner with your body for good eating hygiene. Number three, focus on quality addition over restriction don't be mean to yourself about what you're eating but really and this is kind of a rule of thumb for me this is what i go to if i'm starting to feel off if i'm feeling scattered if i don't feel like i'm really taking care of myself i go okay Am I getting protein at every meal? Am I getting at least 20 to 30 grams of protein? If you're if you've been a client, if you've ever seen me for a one-on-one session, for a lot of people we start with this because it's easy to count. It's not so easy to add in. It can be difficult, but it's a really good way to tune in with your body. Start with protein. The other thing is include five veggies every day. That can change depending on, you know, what kind of veggies they are. They don't have to be the same veggies every day. They can be different veggies. They can be different colors of the same veggies, like a yellow bell pepper and a red bell pepper have a little bit different phytonutrient composition because the different colors do different things, right? So include five different veggies a day, however you can. Tune into your cravings and ask yourself, what are these cravings telling me? It's not uncommon for me to hear from people that they are craving Chick-fil-A, Right, that's a really popular one. There's a whole lot of MSG in Chick Fil A, and that's that's part of it. Um, so people crave Chick Fil A, they crave Cheez Its. I hear that a lot. It's another MSG snack, but it's a comfort food. There's a lot of crunch to Cheez Its. People love those things. And then, of course, you know, I hear the typical chocolate or sugar things like that. But tune into that. What are those cravings telling you? Why do you have that desire to eat something? Did you eat a full meal at all today? Or were you rushing? Did you sit down and did you partner with your body to digest food? A lot of times we crave some of these other things because we're not truly digesting what it is that we're eating. And so tune into your cravings, figure out, you know, what it is that your body is trying to tell you based on your cravings. It's not uncommon to crave Doritos, right? It's not uncommon to to crave Cheez-Its and that's not your fault. If you find yourself in the bottom of a box of cheez it's exactly what the food engineering companies have designed the food to do for you. It's so easy to overconsume foods that have been designed to be overconsumed. There was recently an article in the Neuroscience News, and I, you know, it was like watered down and sent out on Yahoo News and all of those kinds of things. But it was basically talking about how big tobacco companies, when they realized that their products weren't selling very well anymore, they took their same tactics and they included them in all of our big food companies, and so they've engineered and designed things like cereal. Oh, that's another one. A lot of people just crave cereal. They just want to, you know, bowl of cinnamon toast crunch. It's going to make them feel so good. Well, those have all been designed to hook our neurotransmitters and to dupe us into wanting more, especially when we're feeling exhausted or if we need that dopamine hit, which is a lot of times when I want to go for things, it has to do with dopamine. So pay attention to that. It's not it's not your fault if you're over-consuming something that's been designed to be over-consumed, but you do have other options, and you can go, okay, body, what do you need right now? Do you need a banana? Bananas are awesome fuel. Bananas have so many benefits. Maybe banana with peanut butter. That's my ultimate comfort food. I had it the other night just because I felt like I needed a, a friend, and a banana and peanut butter were a good friend to me that night, right? So, and and that's very different from eating a whole bag of chips or whatever it is, but ask your cravings what they're telling you. Okay, that's number three. So number four pillar is focus on what nourishes you because when you feel better, you serve better, right? So what are those other things that nourish you to help you to feel better to show up. So it could be drinking enough water, get half your body weight in ounces of water every day. Maybe it could be including electrolytes. For a lot of us who have been tapped out and drained, we are functioning out of low cortisol and we need to improve electrolyte balance. And so that could be helpful. Maybe it's adding in movement, a morning walk. That's my new goal is just getting that morning sun because I'm out of the habit of that. Maybe it is a mindset change and you're choosing to partner with your body, to nourish yourself in in partnership mode, not out of punish, punishment, which is what a lot of us go to. It's like, oh, body, get it together. Why are you doing this, right? Allow yourself self-compassion and grace because you are likely the only person who is not giving it to you. Other people are giving you self-compassion and grace and you give it to other people plenty. Give it to yourself. Allow yourself a chance to rest. Allow yourself a chance to just be instead of Criticizing and pushing yourself forward into things that are just uncomfortable, and again, creating more symptoms. So, that's number four is just focusing on what nourishes you in this season of life beyond food, beyond what's on your plate, but what other things are nourishing to you. Number five, pillar of nourishment is get nourishing rest before you go to bed. Do a brain dump. This is included on each day of my nourishment journal. Brain dumping can be a powerful tool to maybe gratitude journal or just get out any other thoughts or feelings that have you aggravated. Maybe you check in with your feelings chart again and going, okay, what am I feeling tonight as I go to sleep? Maybe, you know, depend, if you have a partner, if you have a supportive friend or whatever, maybe you could run it by them at night. Shoot somebody a text like, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Have somebody be accountability, accountable to you for that. Or maybe it is your spouse. Maybe you can work on it together. But getting nourishing rest a lot of times has to do with our emotional state when we are going to sleep so getting rest good sleep is huge when we sleep better we absolutely feel better our hunger hormones function better we are not looking for you know the bag of chips like like we do when we get good sleep so make sure your bedtime is calming make sure that it's dark in your room when you go to sleep maybe you need a sleep mask i love using sleep masks to go to sleep make sure that you have a sound machine on that it's cool enough in your room like 67 to 69 degrees at night is typically an optimal sleep time some women need other supports to go to sleep depending on what stage of life you're in some women need magnesium or something like GABA to help them to go to sleep. Um, But it's going to be different for everybody. But find what you need to get nourishing rest. And screen time might not be the thing that gives you nourishing rest. And I'll tell you, wine before bed is definitely going to create anxiety at about two or 3am. So find the things that are nourishing for you. Because again, we're creating partnership here. (laughs) So if you are interested, so those are the five things, you know what, let me let me run by those again. So five pillars. Number one, we are connecting with our emotions. Number two, we're working on eating hygiene. Number three, focus on quality addition over restriction when it comes to food, not just about quantity or what, but about the quality of what you're eating. Focus. Number four is focus on what nourishes you aside from food. And then number five is getting that good nourishing rest. So back to what I was saying, if you're interested in working through these pillars of nourishment in a group setting with some other people, I have a new 21 day of nourishment group that is starting on October 8th. I'm super excited about this. It is going to be awesome. It's not going to be expensive. So basically if, if I took about, if I took three coaching sessions for you with my nourishment journal, that might look like $345. I'm going to run this coaching group, this 21 day coaching group for $49. And so I will post this in the show notes. We're going to kick off each of the three weeks with a zoom, with a challenge call. We're going to be using the nourishment journal to track how we feel, what we're eating, how we can partner with our bodies for nourishment. If you are interested, head to the show notes for that link to join. With that, I'm finished with this episode. I think that was pretty fast. I haven't checked the time, but I'm thinking that (laughs) that's shorter than I've typically done. I'm proud of myself. So here is to a nourishing, healthy week for you. And I hope with all of my heart that this episode has helped you to find some new ways to partner with your body and connect for wholeness. Remember, you only get one vessel to live out your God-given purpose.